Is everybody having a good day so far? We're only a couple hours into it, but uh, Christmas is here in two days. Is everybody ready for that? Some of y'all, did everybody get their Christmas shopping done? Not all of y'all. Some of you guys got a little bit left. So stay here. Don't go out and get it done during the service. This will be fast and fantastic. It's going to be really good. Um, and then you can go out and uh, make all your family's dreams come true with the fantastic gifts that you give them. Um, <laughs> how many of you guys know that Jesus is our peace? Um, that's something we're going to be talking about today. 98 years ago, on Christmas Day, uh, World War I was happening, and, and they decided to call a truce on Christmas Day. So for that one day, there was peace. There were no guns being fired. There were no bombs being dropped. Nothing was happening except the Germans and the British were going to celebrate together. They came to a peaceful impasse on this one day, which is absolutely crazy. The German soldiers put up Christmas trees. They lit candles. And then the British soldiers, who were about, uh, they were a few hundred yards away, obviously, were able to see those. So they then set bonfires up and lit rockets off. Not rockets to go shoot at somebody, but like fireworks. We'll call them fireworks. They lit off fireworks. And so they were just having a great time together. And then in the battlefield, they have what was called no man's land. So they were like in the trenches and stuff, and they had the troops in the trenches. Well, they got out. And they actually started talking together. They started singing carols and enjoying one another. They exchanged gifts. They gave each other jam, sausage, because they're German. They do that. Um, and, and they just had a good time together. It even says that they exchanged addresses with one another. Now, to me, it's one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. You're out there shooting at one another, trying to kill each other for whatever it is you're fighting for. But this one day, you come to a peaceful impasse where you're going to come exchange gifts. You're going to play soccer with one another. They played soccer. They played soccer in the little field in between the trenches that had barbed wire all around it. They had big holes because bombs were exploding. It's absolutely unbelievable. It makes no sense. But they were able to enjoy that day. And it's not a coincidence that it takes place on Christmas Day, obviously. And the reason it takes place on Christmas Day is because Christmas Day is when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, our Prince of, Pre uh, Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this wonderful time that you're giving us here. Uh, and we are so excited that in two days we get to be with our families and our loved ones and, uh, and celebrate the birth of your son. So we, uh, we just pray that this word today uh, touches those who need it, Lord God, and that, that you allow us to walk out of here more excited about tomorrow. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Um, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 15, please. I'll give you a second before I read. Everybody close? Everybody there? Yes. Good work. Okay. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Uh, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Jesus came to give us peace. And today we're going to talk about three different areas of peace. Jesus came to give us peace with God. So, uh, a little story is, my wife and I, we actually just moved, which for us is fantastic, because we were living in Bankers Hill, in a really tiny place that was directly in the flight path of the airplane. So for those of you who had been over, you heard like every three and a half minutes, planes flying over your head, it's very peaceful. And um, it gets even more peaceful when you have a baby, and that baby has to sleep. And when those planes fly overhead, it wakes them up. And then when the baby wakes up, the parents wake up. So when the parents wake up and the baby wakes up and everybody's angry, there's not a lot of peace in the house. So, so we were able to move to a bigger place where we got to put all our stuff, which is great because we got a lot of stuff somehow. I have no idea. We're two people with a four-month-old child who wears diapers and you throw those away. Um, so we moved there and... One of the other great things about the area we moved to is that we live really close to a Berean bookstore. And a Berean bookstore is a Christian bookstore. And um, I knew that my wife had wanted a new Bible, and she wanted a journaling Bible. So along the sides of the columns, you get to write down all your cute little thoughts and everything that you get, that the Word's speaking to you. And if you know my wife at all, she loves to write, and she always feels like the Word is speaking cute things to her. I figured I'd say cute again. That God is always speaking to her, and she needs to write that down. Um... So I decided that I was going to sneak out and go find her a Bible. So I drove over there, and as I walk in, I see 40% off signs everywhere. And so when you walk in and you see those things, you're like, praise God, I'm going to save money as I give a gift. It's like a gift to me and a gift to them. So it's really fantastic. And so I walk in, I see that I'm already full of joy because I get to save money. And I walk in and I see the bestseller bookshelf. And you know, when you walk in, you see bestseller books, especially in a Christian bookstore, you expect to see amazing books about stories of God and stuff like that. Well, I walk by and I, they just kind of catch my eye. And I see that most all these books are about self-help, how to fix your, your anxiety, how to get over your depression, how to get through that stuff. And, and nowhere in there did I once see a book that said, anything about this is how you get the peace of God. This is how you get God. And so to me, it was like going, going to an amusement park and you walk into an amusement park and you're there for the rides and you get on the rides and the rides are not amusing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So I walk in there and I see that and I was just kind of a little dumbfounded. And I did find my wife her Bible. 
was amazing. Journaling Bible was not one of the ones on sale. I guess I did not deserve a gift. Um, if you could go to John fourteen twenty seven, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This was Jesus speaking to the disciples, and he was speaking to them about something they did not already have. And it's something that the world will tell us they, they, they can give us, but it's, it's not something that the world can actually give us, and it's the peace of God. And um, with that peace of God comes a complete assurance in our lives. No matter what we're going through, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter who we're going to see, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what chaos is in our lives right now, we know that we can rest in the peace of God with complete assurance that our lives are directly there with Him. I think that's one of the most amazing things that we get to, that we get to experience as believers. It's to know that we have that peace of God in us. And um, not everybody has that. And I think we all know that um, there are some people... You guys ever met those people who seem like they're cranky most all the time? And especially during Christmas time when you're shopping and you can't find the gift that you really want, you'll see them walking around. They'll be like this. They'll be head down. They're not approachable. And I'm like, why are we doing this stupid holiday? I can't find the gift that I really need. And I just, why I don't want to do it. And then like two hours later, you see them in another store. And they're walking around and they're all like excited, wide-eyed. Oh my goodness, they probably found the Barbie doll that their kid wanted that they didn't have at the other store. So they're very hot, they're very cold. They're not too excited about things unless what they want is right there handed to them. So they're probably those people, probably got like that little lithium imbalance inside of them. You guys know those people I'm talking about? I'm so glad you guys laughed. I'm so glad. I really thought that was going to suck. I promise. Um, so, <laughs> and then there's the other type of person that we have. We have those people who, who dwell among us, who are going through chaos, who are going through things that they have no control over. They're dealing with death in the family. They're dealing with cancer. They're dealing with missing children. But these people, they walk around, and you would never know. They have smiles on their face. They're easy to approach. They'll probably even approach you, say hi and hello. Make sure you're doing okay before you ask. Those type of people, those are the type of people who know that God is their peace. They know that the God they serve through any circumstance, he's always going to be their provider. He's always going to be their healer. He's always going to be their shelter. He's always going to be their redeemer. He's always going to be the prince of peace. We can be two types of people. We can be thermometer people. Or we can be thermostat people. A, th a thermometer person, they change throughout the weather. So when it's hot, they're hot. When it's cold, they're cold. They change with whatever the conditions are. A thermostat person, a thermostat person's, person's, a thermostat person sets the condition around them. So no matter what's going on, they're always right like this. So the best part is that the thermostat people, they set that atmosphere, they set that condition. And some of us, were acting like thermometer people. God did not call any one of us to be thermometer people. God is telling you today, if that's how you've been living and that's how you've been feeling, that today is the day you need to let peace come into your life 
and change those circumstances and change those conditions. Jesus gives us peace with one another. Now, another great story is uh, (laughs) growing up, I was the youngest child and I was always the most exuberant when it came to Christmas because my brother was five years older, my sister like two and a half years older and when you're that much older than the other one below you, they just kind of don't like you. Anybody else feel that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like nobody really cares for you in the family. But you're like super excited. You run out. You go to the tree. You grab all the presents with your name on it. But I wasn't allowed to open them because I had to wait for everybody else to be up because for some reason you need to be courteous to your family and like them and all that stuff, which is difficult. So I pull all my gifts to the side and I just wait there. And after about 45 minutes, because... Older people sleep a lot better than younger people. I'd get angry and I'd get upset and I'd get a little antsy. So I'd go into the kitchen and I'd probably start trying to make breakfast. I was probably four or five. I don't know how to make breakfast. Who makes breakfast? Somebody's bound to wake up and stop me from burning down the house. So my mother or father would come in. They'd get tired of spending time with me so they could wake up the other kids so we could all open our gifts together. And... It was always the funnest part was unwrapping your gifts and seeing exactly what you got. Because you know you always ask for something that you probably really needed. Eh, you don't really need a whole lot, but you get to see what you got. And, and I loved seeing all the stuff I got. But then I'd look around and I'd see my brother and I'd see my sister and I'd, I'd see all the things my brother got. And I'd just, in my head, I'd be going, man, why'd that dude get so many big gifts? <laughs> because it's not really what the gift is. It's the size of the box. You know? When you're that young, you're like... Why did he get so many big gifts? Like, why am I not that special? And then you look over at your sister. There's not a lot of things in my sisters that I wanted. But that girl got a lot of clothes and a lot of shoes. And I was always jealous because I like clothes and I like shoes. <laughs> so I'd look over and I'd be like, was, why does she get that stuff? And even as a young kid, I had that selfishness inside of me. And, and I'd make a comment. I'd, it's annoying. I do it in my marriage sometimes too. I don't know why you do that. You do something to get a rise out of somebody. And you know it's going to go bad. So I'd say something, and then one of the other kids would hear it, and then it started into an argument. No peace in the house on Christmas morning. It does not make for fun. And so one of my, my parents would come in and be that calming presence that, that makes you stop. They tell you to chill out just a little bit, apologize to one another, and then they would do something great. We would sit down and we would read the Christmas story. And when you read the Christmas story... It's very difficult to be mad at one another. It's very difficult to live in a place where there isn't any peace. And so through that time, even as a young person, I don't know, I was not a reasonable young child, but I would still understand that the way I was acting was not okay and that there needed to be peace between my brother, my sister, myself, and my parents. And so I'd even apologize then. I apologize a lot. I know I'm wrong a lot. So I'm sorry if I said anything to hurt any of you today. Now, oh, this is going to be weird. Have any of you seen the movie Harry Potter or read the Harry Potter books? Wow. That's it? I need honesty. He already knows you read them. I mean, let's not pretend. Okay. Now, I, I know that the books and stuff may be frowned upon by the church, but if we know God and we understand God, I don't think... It's going to crush our mind, but whatever, it's another day, another story. I need you to look past those dislikes that you have for it and just try to get what I'm saying out of it, okay? 
Harry Potter was a young man that was born as a baby. And there was an evil guy, Voldemort, who set out to kill him. Okay? When he went to do this, Harry's Potter, uh, Harry's Potter, Harry's parents got in the way and fought Voldemort. They both died in the process, but the young man was saved. So, yeah, I'm going to ruin it all for you. So, <laughs> close your ears. But it's got a really redeeming quality to it, so you should probably listen to it. The book's done. They're not any good anyway. Um, so, so, for his entire life, he and his friends and his family, they were fighting against evil. They had this battle against evil so that uh, evil would not prevail over them or their friends or in the area with, where they lived because Voldemort had his people around there trying to infect everybody else and trying to take their things, trying to hurt them, bringing discord throughout everywhere. And so it came down to it where they had all these little battles and none of the battles were ever won where the main person dies, okay, until the very end. And you see that at that time, Harry has to make a decision. Now, he can keep fighting Voldemort with his friends and family, knowing that more of them are going to get killed. But he can come, and he can... He knows that if he kills Voldemort, the only way that's going to happen is if he sacrifices himself. Okay? He has to be that self-sacrifice. He has to make that decision. The only way he can save his friends, his family, and the area around him. Okay? So he does this. He makes that decision to do that. So his friends, everybody's happy, they're living. And because it's Hollywood, because it's a book, they make Harry come back. And I know I ruined it for all of you already. That's what happens. It's pretty neat and everything. But this is what, I'm, this is what else I read. I, this will all make sense in a second. J.K. Rowling, the woman who wrote these books, is the first author to ever become a billionaire off the writings of her novels. Okay? This is what that woman did. She wrote a book about something that is ingrained on each and every one of our hearts. She wrote about becoming selfless for others. For the sake of others. Sacrificing yourself daily for others. Which is what we're called to do. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Harry Potter, the character, is Jesus. I'm saying nothing like that. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we can find that those acts of selflessness are very Christ-like. It's not just for people who can be written about in books. It's not, not just for fictional people. We get to make those decisions. We get to do that each and every day. Okay? So if you're not reading your Bible and you're reading Harry Potter, take that and go to your Bible and do that. Okay? The reason she was so successful is because she stole the story of Jesus Christ, she added wizards, and she added some magic. Okay? That's what I came down to. And if you go and you see when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he told them how to make disciples. That's what we're doing here. We're teaching each other how to make disciples. The Great Commission. Let's go out and reach one another. We need to pick up our cross. We need to die to ourselves to save others. Oh, this is going to hurt. Sorry. When it comes down to it, we're being asked to pull a Harry Potter. <laughs> Nobody? I thought it was going to be better than that. I'm sure most all of us have been selfish in relationships. 
I know for a fact that when I'm selfish in my marriage, there is no peace in my home that day. At least for that, a good time period, about four hour chunk or something like that. <laughs> but I will tell you, the best part about that though, is when I am being selfless in my relationships, but especially in my marriage to my wife, I get so much more in return than when I'm selfish in what I get out of that. Luke 2.14 says, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. They're talking about having peace with one another. The story I shared about me going, waking up on Christmas morning and getting my presents, we can't be like that. We can't be selfish like that. We're not supposed to be those people. We need to be selfless. Like I said, we need to die to ourselves every day so others can come to know God and the peace that we know from God. Jesus is peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Greek word for peace is irene, which means um, to come together, to tie together, wholeness. And I need you guys to see this illustration. It's going to be fantastic. I'm really proud of this one. Um, I was going to come up with an easel. I was going to come up with a canvas. I was going to bring a bunch of beautiful paints and some paintbrushes. Put some backdrops up, but this has been done before. <laughs> Not too long ago. And I didn't want to try to take anything away from Pastor Picasso over there. So, <laughs> so this is my illustration. We've got to be serious here. I want you to sit here and envision Christ on the cross. And you look up and you see God the Father above him, looking down at him, seeing him be crucified on the cross. And then below him, you see his mother Mary, you see John, and you see humanity. And I need you just to envision this. You envision his hand reaching up towards God and his hand reaching down towards humanity. Bringing the two together. That's peace. So this is God, God the Son, uh, this is the Son of God, completely God, fully man. Bringing us back to the Father. And I think for us to understand that, to us to understand that Jesus came to reconcile man to God, we need to know what the death on the cross meant. And it's not just by the death on the cross that we get that peace of God. That only comes when we put our hope, we put our trust, and we put our faith in the act that was done on the cross. That is when we can obtain the peace of God. Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. Now, I know that there are a lot of us here uh, maybe not a lot of us, but I know there are some of us here. Um, uh, worship team, you guys can come up when you get a chance. Um, I know there are some of us here who don't know God. And, and we need that peace of God in our life. And we've seen, we've seen God's hand extended, uh, 
Christ's hand on the cross extended to God and the other one reaching down towards humanity, which is us, reaching down to us. And you haven't grabbed on. There's been some things that have been holding you back. There's been some things that have been keeping you away from that peace. And I, if that is something that you want today, if you want that peace of God, if you want to have him live in your life every single day, um, right now I just love everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes and raise your hand if that is you today, if that is something you know that you need in your life, that's something you want, is that peace with God and that life with God. You can just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. And nobody's looking. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's speaking. I just want to know who I'm praying for. So if there's any more, you can just put it up high real quick. Thank you very much. And now, I know that there are others of you who are getting ready to to head out to family members' home for Christmas, to spend time with your whole family. Uh, And I know from personal experience, spending time with family is not always the most peaceful time. Uh, There's a lot of things that never really get settled amongst families, so there is peace in the home. So if you have anything that's inside of you this weekend, if you're going to see family or you have people coming in, if you know that there are struggles in your family, if you know that there are brothers and sisters that are feuding, if you know that your parents are struggling if your marriage, if you know that your marriage is on the rocks, if you know that your kids are having a tough time with life right now and, and that when you go to see all these people, that it could be chaos, but you want that peace. I want you to lift your hands up if that's something you need today. If that's something you want prayer for is that peace in your home, that peace in your family, that peace amongst each and every one of you. Just uh, put your hands up, please. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, prayer team, if you would come up. Uh, We're going to say a prayer, and and after that, if, if you are one of those people that raised your hand for prayer, please come up here and spend some time with one of our prayer team members before you head out on your way to go see your family. Lord God, we praise you in this day. We thank you so much for what you've given us, Lord God, for this this season where we get to celebrate the birth of your son. Lord, and we come before you and we just ask that, that this will be a weekend filled with peace. This will be a holiday where we get to spend with our families, where there is change, where there is reconciliation in our families, where we are brought back together, where there is a there is a peaceful treaty on this day. And it doesn't just end after one day, Lord God. That it's going to be one day that extends to another, that extends to another, that extends to another, because you reside in their hearts, Lord God. Because they put their faith and their hope and their trust in you that that your peace surpasses all understanding. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we get to be here in your presence. We pray for safe travels for each and every person here. In your mighty name we pray, Lord God. Amen.